Welcome to the School Connect podcast. At School Connect, we know it takes a village to help every child reach their full potential. So, each episode, we'll hear stories of normal people who became heroes, solving community problems in powerful and creative ways. We know these stories will inspire you to create the change you hope to see. Hola, Tracy. How are you today? <laughs> Hola, como estas? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm lost at that point. Like, I'm, oh, I'm so? done. I think it was, how are you? Is that what you were saying? Muy how are bien, you? gracias. You could say that. Uh, yeah, muy bien, gracias. Yeah, whatever. So I have to tell you a funny story. I took French in high school. And I, the only reason I took French was because I wanted to go to Paris. I thought if I took French, I could go to France. Yeah, and I, I quickly realized through school that if I were ever to go, which I ended up going, I would have no luck with the language. I would be using sign language. I would be doing whatever. And so that's kind of uh-huh. part of what we're talking about today. You've traveled overseas, right? I have. I have. You and, have. And the thing that just blows my mind is I remember being in Italy and going on a tour and the tour guide would talk to this person in German and this person in French and this person in Spanish. And then she'd turn around and talk to me in English. And I was just like flabbergasted that right. that was even possible to have four languages in your brain at the same time. And she I know. flowed from ind- individually from all of them within like seconds. And she was articulate and interesting. And, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it was like greater and more amazing than almost anything I've ever experienced. I agree. I'm still trying to learn the English language. Like I, I, I would like to master the English language. I haven't quite made that happen yet, much less a different language. I feel that way too. Yeah, you know. So I think we've both been in a scenario where you've been in a foreign country and you didn't know the language. And how did that make you feel? Like, what was that like? Oh, I, I mean, I, I can remember feeling, I actually got lost in Peru. I was by myself. And yeah. I was trying to get back to my hotel. And for an hour, I wandered trying to speak Spanish to different people to try to understand where I was going. And right. that was such a scary experience because I only knew this much. And I, you know, I didn't know where I was going and I didn't know how to where who I could trust. I mean, it, there were so many feelings of insecurity in that experience. Yep. But I mean, I think it was really good for me. It was also yes. just frightening. Very vulnerable. Like vulnerable. you felt very vulnerable That's and exposed word. how I felt. I know I went to, um, I got to tour Europe in college for like three weeks. How fun. And it was, yeah, there's a whole whole story there. That, anyways, the one <laughs> time where I was like so insecure, we were on a train going through Europe and we ended up in Germany by design, but I fell asleep and I woke up to the German people coming on the train talking German in a very forceful way. And I thought for sure I was dead. Like, I'm like, this is it. They're coming to get me. I'm gone. <laughs> and I really wish I had paid a lot more attention and worked a lot harder in school when it came to language because I was stuck, right? Yes. So t- today we get to talk a little bit about language and meet a really exciting individual who has been driven to help students like me, hopefully more successful than I am. <laughs> No, I mean, they're not going to be more successful, just different. From the language perspective. How's okay. that? From the language okay. perspective. All right. Because yeah. right. as you saw at the top of the hour, I couldn't speak a lick of Spanish. <laughs> and we're in Arizona, right? So that, that yeah. should be the one place where I should be able to at least get by with something. But I can't. Yes, but I get it. Uh, well, I am so excited about our guest today. 
We are having Sarah Weifel. Sarah is the 2021 Arizona Teacher of the Year, and she actually teaches Spanish at Chandler High School. So Sarah, we're so glad to have you. I'm so grateful to be here and excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, the first question that hits me is where did your love for foreign languages come from? Yeah. So I kind of like Tim, I took Spanish in high school and it was just sort of like a a checkbox, you know, to sort of like check off. And um, when I got to college, I decided that I wanted to be a teacher and I started off as a history major and it just like puttered out. Like there was no like passion there. I just kind of decided, you know, this doesn't feel right. I know I want to teach, but I'm not sure what. And so I kind of reflected on my high school experience and I thought, you know, Spanish was fun and it would be just kind of cool to learn another language. And so I took this like refresher course that was like all of Spanish one in like three months, like a really fast refresher course. And something just clicked in my brain about the power of language. And I just decided, yeah, I want to learn this and this is it. So because I made that decision, I met a friend who had moved to where I was going to school in Washington State. Um, He was a doctor from Mexico, but he had moved with just the purpose to learn English for his profession. Wow! We became super fast friends. We would practice Spanish. We would practice English. Just that like that first like real human connection because I could speak two languages, Mm -hmm. sort of the beginning of me like uncovering this like realization about humanity and about human connections and how language can truly like connect and bond people. And so from there, I, I decided to study abroad and um, I ended up in Spain. I, I wanted to go to Mexico, but the, the program I wanted to do got canceled for like a year. So I got to go to Spain, which was like really tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We feel really sorry yeah, for you about that. It was such a bummer. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was, was more expensive, so I couldn't go for as long. But um, I lived with a host family. I took um, college courses over there with another group of students from the United States. And I just got to really absorb, I don't know, I got to absorb humanity, I would say. And I just had this realization that we all want the same things. We all want to be safe. We all want to be able to make a living. We all want a, a place for our families to be able to grow and prosper. And we want peace and it was just like this veil that was removed from my eyes that could never be, you know, replaced. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I saw humanity like for the first time. So as feel- a psychology major, I'm sorry, Tracy, as a psychology major, you just talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. So that's that's where you just made that connection. So psychology and, and, and Spanish all come together, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because I... I truly believe like what I do, like my mission in my profession is that I teach like the power of human connections. That's what I do, but I do it through the Spanish language. Mm -hmm. You know what I was going to say, which is like a different direction from psychology. But as you were talking to me, it was like adventure. Oh, my gosh. What an adventure to meet new people, new culture, new food, new transportation. I mean, new everything about your world. And then have the hooks that you needed to be successful in connecting, right? Yes. And I love that analogy too for learning a language that 
it should be like an adventure, which means, like you said, it can be really scary um, and really fulfilling and foster curiosity and questioning and realizations about like yourself and your world and people around you. And I think it should be that way. Totally. Well, I kind of want to piggyback on what you were just saying about all of the experiences that you had and how you came to this realization. How do you then translate that into um, how you guide your students through learning a secondary language? Because if I go back to my experience, I mean, I still remember sitting in that French class and I'm just like, I don't know where to start. Like, bien? I mean, I just, and it, I just never right. got off. I just never could take off, right? And it, I, I always felt like I was behind. And then you had those students who were always ahead and they were there just jibber-jabbing and life right. was great. And I'm still thinking, un, deux, trois, quatre. Yeah. And, you know, but how do you, how do you help the students make that a reality? Right. I feel like what you were just talking about is... Um, one of like the greatest challenges of all educators, and that's like differentiation, you know, and honoring like the place where the student is and where they need to go then to grow. And that's different for every single human that's in our classrooms. And, um, and so acknowledging, you know, the place where they are and getting them to, to accept where they are and to like think objectively, okay, for me to move forward from here, you know, these are the things that you know, Senora Weifels is saying that I need to do. And so I think really having a specific knowledge of each student's whereabouts with different skills is really important to sort of affirm them and then to guide them forward. But I wanted to mention a couple of things. You guys actually in your intro kind of mentioned these things a little bit. So I have two specific skills that I've thought of. One of them I would say is risk-taking. And it's not just as simple to say, mm. well, just take a risk. Like in order for you to be able to take a risk, you need things like your Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So right, right. you need to be comfortable. You need to have a community of people around you who understand like what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. And that all spurs from relationships and uh -huh. The center of those relationships then also has to be trust. And so that takes so much time to build. I mean, if you have a classroom of like 30 students right. and you want them all to be risk takers, you have to really intentionally build the trust, the relationships, the community, which then will make a comfortable environment for kids to like take those risks. I because love that because if I look back to that high school classroom, I was not comfortable being vulnerable. I was no. not comfortable taking risk. I didn't want to go out there and maybe do it wrong or say it wrong or whatever, uh, A. And then B, I don't think I realized that much like math, foreign language builds on top of each other. And if you don't get that foundation in place, it's not something that you can kind of sleep through for the first couple of months and then cram, cram everything in the last and get caught up. Exactly. And so I think both of those, from my experiences, was the reasons I was not successful. Um, but I think I love how you've just made that connection. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, what I love that you were, we were talking about is that you don't learn language in a vacuum. 
you're learning it together. And if you make it a safe place for some people for it to be really easy and for others for it to not be that easy, but to kind of admit where you are and then journey together. Yeah. And hopefully I'm, I'm assuming Sarah, that this would mean that maybe students who are, this was easier for would be helping the students that it's not that easy. And that way nobody's left behind and nobody's so far out ahead of everybody that they're alone too. Cause that's not right. Fun. You actually want to kind of journey in that adventure and face all that vulnerability and that insecurity together. Exactly. And we're practicing skills, really. We're practicing speaking, reading, listening, and writing Spanish. So every kid can do that. It's just like their capacity for it is what varies. And just as you mentioned, it to get them to like accept and then see how to grow is, is kind of the challenge and like the beauty in it all. Tracy, you know what that sounds like to me? What does it sound like to you? Everything we're talking about right now yeah, has the bearing of the cafe. Well, totally true. You're right. Almost skilled to having a conversation with community partners and principals about how you want to see change happen, how you want to solve problems together, right? It's the right. same internal skill set. You have to build trust. And then figure out how to work together. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And like you were saying, Tim, it must be too, right? Acknowledging like where you are in your goal and then deciding what's the next step and how to troubleshoot that together. Yep. And oftentimes whenever we talk about School Connect, we talk about the village all being individuals that are speaking different languages that want the same end result, right? I've used that analogy several times. We're Uh all, and what School Connect does Much like what Sarah is doing in the classroom is we bring everyone around that table. We help them speak a common language to get to that end result in a way that is based on trust, relationships, and positivity. That's so cool. Looks fun. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention when, um, because I mentioned risk-taking, I want to mention real quick one other thing, which will totally, I think, connect to your cafe scenario too. So risk-taking is one. The other thing is listening. Mm. And I, we work on this so specifically and to talk about like listening is not just waiting to talk. It's to be (laughs) right. Like, and they, so, they, so do that. They fixate on like, oh my God, what am I going to say? What, what is she going to say? And then what am I going to say? And, and, but to be just present in the moment, taking in what the person is saying and then organically responding and affirming and then letting the thought move on from there. Again, like you mentioned the word vulnerability. I think that that is a very vulnerable place for us to put ourselves to is to like truly be present in our listening. Mm -hmm. I I so hear you because to do that means you let go of yourself. You let go of your own fears, your own insecurity about what are you going to say next. And you have to trust that if you really pay attention to the person and listen carefully, that it will come the right thing will come for you. Um, and that, and then, I mean, the connection that you make when you really understand somebody is all of the fuel you need to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. It's inspiring. So true. So true. So, so Sarah, when you think about when you're watching the light turn on for kids in your classes, what are they like? What are the benefits? This question's great because for every student, it's so different. So Um, For instance, for um, students that we call heritage speakers, those are our students who 
have grown up either speaking, reading, writing Spanish in some way. And there's such a like gigantic spectrum. And so our students who are heritage speakers, some in some cases, they're discovering more about their own culture or more about the Spanish speaking world that they that has been outside of their own experience. And that's really cool to see and, and different than what you would expect from you know, a student who is not a heritage speaker who's learning Spanish as a second language rather than amplifying something they already have. And so I love that about our community at Chandler High um, very much. The two pieces that I think are the most powerful, and I know this connects with what you all do at School Connect, are empathy mm. for others and ourselves and acceptance. Um, I think learning another language really builds the capacity to to feel empathy and express it. Same with acceptance. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell, for example, when I'm in another country and I'm trying to use the language and I'm doing so in a, you know, obviously childish level way. But what I see is that the person I'm talking to, generally, this is true, they feel so grateful that I'm trying. Yes. Like even if it's understanding how to pronounce their name or how to ask a simple question when I say it in their language and I ask them to correct me and I, I give them like, here's my, here's my best attempt. And I'm laughing at myself as I do it. They're, they're generous toward me. You right. know, they actually have empathy toward me as I'm trying to have empathy toward them by actually speaking, right? Absolutely. Yep. I think it's beautiful. And, um, and yeah, I think that through that empathy, you're, they're connecting to their own community, but they're also connecting to the greater world and sort of trying to build their capacity to understand community because there's, the community is so expansive because it can range from our classroom to our city, to our state, to our world. And I think it, it's a beginning of building the capacity of understanding ourselves as like a member of the human race and like a citizen of this world. So cool. Yeah, I love your citizen of this world and trying to kind of put all of us on level playing field. I think that's the one thing that oftentimes I don't think that we consciously connect with, right? I mean, we realize we have different color hair, we have different styles. And, and that doesn't seem to bother us as much as the fact that we might have different languages. I think a lot of that comes from that there's just so much that we depend on the language side to really understand. And to your point, if we're not looking for other ways to listen and to learn, um, that it becomes challenging for us. So you talk about, um, you talk about the, the global citizens and things of that nature. Can you unpack that a little bit of what does that mean? for you to promote your your students to be global citizens. Yeah, it's such a powerful term, right? I mean, yes. it's kind of like empowering to say that, yeah, like you identify as a global citizen, a citizen of the world. And um, I think what that's really getting at is to like honor yourself and like your existence and your place in the world and that you have the capacity every day to use your intelligence, your own choices, your own curiosity to then impact the world in some way, whether that's in your, like I mentioned, either in your classroom or school or in the bigger scale of like your city, your state or your world. 
those things are not out of reach of any human that exists in this world and that we all matter. We all have the power to make some changes and some impact. That term global citizen, we really uh, embrace that as world language teachers. But I would say also um, at Chandler High, we have the International Baccalaureate Program. And the idea of being a global citizen is sort of central to that program. And uh, it's kind of a part of the curriculum where you're thinking about all your learning in a cyclical way, that it's all connected in different ways. And so that's the same idea of thinking of yourself as a citizen of the world, that we're all connected somehow in different ways, in different capacities, and that we all can impact each other's lives for, you know, the positive or the negative, really. Which, again, is a great example of the cafe and what School Connect is all about. And so kind of transitioning into that, what is, your, what is the role that the local community plays in coming around to school from your perspective? So I would assume that you have a lot of opportunity to bring in the local community to help in um, teaching Spanish and kind of promoting that. Different from whenever I grew up, there wasn't a, a French community around that could come into my classroom and make a difference. But what would you say, how do you utilize that in what you do every day? Right. Um, what the, one of my most favorite things that happens in my classroom is when a student has, they get like their first job or something and they come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, Senora, there, there's one of my coworkers was speaking Spanish and I wanted to speak it, but then I got really scared and I couldn't do it. And they'd like, tell me this whole story. And I goes back to the risk-taking piece and Tracy, what you were talking. And I tell them just go for it. Even if it ends up being like Spanglish or, you know, a fragment or something, you know, like just do it. Like, don't like overthink it, just go for it. And so they'll be like, oh, okay, okay. And so then like the next week they come back and they're like, I did it, I did it. And it was awesome. And I, <laughs> they understood me. And then I understood them. And then we had a conversation for like 10 minutes. And they're so, it's like how I told you guys at the beginning, the veil in front of my face was like ripped away. Hmm. And that's when it happens for them. It's just so neat. So I would say, first of all, just encouraging them to remember like we live in a place where this language is alive. I mean, right. you go outside my classroom and kids are speaking Spanish all over our campus. Right. And so it's just beautiful just to remind them that this isn't like separated from your existence. It's a part of our community. Families, you know, if you're at a friend's house, go, go, don't forget to speak Spanish to the abuela over there, you know, and- Abuela, um, what was that? Was that, was yeah, that egg? Grandma. <laughs> grandma. <laughs> Good, yes. Really good guess. Wavo, Wavo, Wavo's Rancheros, right? Wavo. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. Boy, this is sparking things for you, Tim. Uh, it man, is. I, Memories. I'm going to go back to school. Sorry, I'm going to go back to school. You should. I didn't you mean to cut you it. off, but you're. No, that's go okay. Ahead. Um, but so that that is the beauty of that. I have students who have parents who speak Spanish and who are professionals in our community, um, who can come in and talk about how they view Spanish in in their profession. And how it has been, you know, a benefit to their life and to their families. Right. And um, I think that's my favorite thing is that it's just a part of the community. It's not it's not a separated entity in any way. So, again, the community is critical to what you're doing in the classroom. And it's, it's vital that that community um, looks for ways to come and support what you're doing and realize that in doing that, they're also going to support the students that will then support the community. Absolutely. And I think. Um, 
I mean, something as simple as um, making sure communication is in Spanish and in English for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like that, that just that piece alone, I think can be really vital and impactful for a community because um, that really kind of fosters a family to really feel seen and acknowledged and, you know, that it's valued, you know, because sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, with the way society is, if you don't speak English, it can be seen by some people as like a deficit. Right. Right. And, um, one thing that I think about sometimes is, um, is that, you know, like me being able to speak two languages sometimes is seen as like, oh, wow, you know, which it is, it's awesome. But sometimes for my students who speak Spanish and English, who are heritage speakers, sometimes there's a little bit of like a stereotype that they, that they face and that they don't get kind of the same response that I might get. And so that's something I think about too sometimes in our community. And that's something that, um, you know, we intentionally will talk about with each other and, you know, share that that piece of the community too, and try to make some intentional changes that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about a, a wonderful school where we had a Love Our Schools Day event. And, you know, I would even say the majority of people there that day were Spanish speakers. And then there were non-Spanish speakers, but all, all the communication was happening in both languages. And there was a wonderful celebration of culture happening in that context. And I, I really felt like the community itself was richer Mm-hmm. as of it. Um, so I, I, it just gave me a little picture of what's possible. Absolutely. It matters so much. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think it truly is like bridge building and connection building. Sarah, I just want to ask you one more question. From talking to other teachers of the year, that honor is a life-changing opportunity. And you, you were just named teacher of the year in 2021. And so it's so recent. Tell me, Tell us, what has that been like for you? Very um, surreal and kind of out of body at first um, because the people you work with every day are amazing educators. And so what I've really been able to take away from it is that it's, it's a celebration of our profession and the beauty of our profession and the beauty of each individual teacher. And it's really... Um, it's a way to celebrate and honor what each teacher does because we all are very different. And so I think what I've really embraced is just because one teacher does something a certain way doesn't mean the way a teacher does it a different way is necessarily wrong or anything. It's what you think your students, what you can do best for your students in response to your students. And so I think that's like the biggest takeaway. Apart from that, being able to connect nationally with all the state teachers of the year has been just so powerful professionally to have like this, this connection, this like web that is now woven across the entire country. And I have colleagues that I can reach out to for so many different questions or support professionally. And it has just been a surreal honor. And Um, really brought like some affirmation into my world professionally and just kind of like empowered me to make sure that like I'm also honoring my colleagues for what they do and young teachers for what they want to do. That's really felt very inspiring to me. As time goes on, I'm really interested in being able to support young teachers too. So cool. It is very cool. 
Well, I can tell you, if you were my teacher back in the day, I think I probably would have been able to be a little bit more fluent in the language. And I would love to go back to school and do that. But of course, that's a whole different conversation. So as we wrap, it would have been fun. As we wrap up today, what I thought we would do, Tracy, usually you and I, Tracy, will go through the different ways that people can get involved in School Connect. I want to do something a little different. Okay. Sarah, would you be willing to translate what I say so that we can do it in (laughs) English for the English speakers and Spanish for our Spanish speakers? Sí. Vamos. That's great. I can translate. Okay. So basically what we're asking, we're looking for four ways that you can get involved in School Connect. Estamos buscando cuatro maneras en que puedes apoyar la organización de School Connect. The first way is to share this podcast. Primero, compartir este podcast. The second way is to um, volunteer with School Connect. Segundo, ser, trabajar como voluntario para School Connect también. And if you would like to volunteer, send us an email at... Si te gusta, si te gustaría trabajar como voluntario, puedes enviarnos un email en... Info at schoolconnectaz.org. That's the same. So I will just let Tim say that. Info, I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) That's good. Uh, The other way to help us, uh, the other way to get involved is to financially invest in School Connect. Tercer es donar financialmente a School Connect. I heard donation there. I like that. Ah, look at you. And then the final way is to bring School Connect to your community. Y por fin es traer School Connect a tu comunidad. Wow, I feel like I understood what she said. That is great. You did. You need to just like jump back in, like watch your favorite movie in Spanish. Yes, yes. We. No, that's French. That was. (laughs) That's okay. See, see, see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for all that you do in the classroom. Thank you for being an excellent representation of what Arizona education is all about. And we look forward to the great things that you're going to do in the future and how your students are going to make a difference in our community. Absolutely. Until next time, keep connecting. Thank you for listening to the School Connect podcast and for being part of our village. Be sure to follow, review, and share this podcast on your chosen platform because more collective voices equal more progress for our kids. If you're interested in finding out more about School Connect and seeing how you can make a difference, go to schoolconnectaz.org for more information.